0: Sokala Duma. Sokala Duma Radio Yeah, welcome. Today in studio we have Rido Berdian who is an impressive coaching CV as conditioning coach um, Rido, I'm just looking at the names now the Togo national team Bangladesh, Banyana Banyana, Trinidad and Tobago as well as Chipper and Free State Stars in the PSL um, So what are you up to currently? Yeah, yeah. look, thanks, Dave. Um, I think, firstly, all praise is due to Almighty. Um, I'm very blessed
1: uh, enough to have worked with, with those federations and clubs. At the moment, uh, currently, um, I'm in Cape Town in South Africa. Uh, my wife uh, currently is giving birth to uh, to a baby boy. Um, so at the moment, we're just in, in South Africa trying to, to deal with that. Um, but from a football point of view, um, we are at the moment, I'm running a, a football program at Rondebosch Boys High School and, um, and also periodizing and designing uh, conditioning models for Trinidad and Tobago for the World Cup qualifying camps, uh, for Togo for the African Nations Cup and also helping Banyana Banyana
0: in the training camps as well. Wow, um, that sounds very impressive. Um, But some of our listeners may not know exactly what what the conditioning coach is actually doing. Can you maybe give us some insights there?
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, conditioning coaches, they are supposed to be the first one on the field and the last one to leave. Um, You get different types of uh, strength and conditioning coaches. Um, I think conditioning coaches in general will have to design and uh, design and manage uh, conditioning programs uh, for the head coach, of course. Um, Designing individual programs uh, within the team periodization or within the team conditioning model, um, monitoring training loads of specific players, monitoring training loads of the of the team as well, and also trying to allow the team to peak at the at the right time, which is which is very very uh, very very valuable for the for the for the head coach. But I think all in all, the conditioning coach should
0: only be the complement of of all the head coaches ideas. Mm. And um. There's currently, you know, lots of talks about Stuart Baxter and his technical team at Bafana, Apparently, has proposed some names. Um, how important do you think are these assistants? You know, around the main coach. I think that is that is imperative. That should be very
1: very important. Um, normally, your your assistant should be basically stronger than your than your head coach. Um, they should have a lot of experience um, in in this regard, especially with with uh, with with I think um, we, need, we need guys around coach Stuart Baxter that needs to, that needs to support him. Um, and obviously they have to have the, the high level of, of football understanding, especially in Africa, um, to support the coach. Um, so for me that is, that is utmost important because it comes with trust, it comes with the football knowledge as well. So I think those roles, um, wherever the assistance is, it's it's going to be massive.
0: And as you said, you've travelled the world, I mean you were involved with World Cup and AFCON qualification campaigns, you were involved with PSL clubs before, So, um, but now you sort of want to settle in South Africa. Um, would you be interested in, you know, a coaching role with one of the PSL clubs again?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's always good to be back home and always um, giving you all your experiences from outside South Africa into the, the South African game. I think um, I would definitely add value, as you'd say, to, to PSL clubs, especially uh, from a conditioning point of view, especially with clubs with ambitions that, that want to achieve in, say, the African Champions League, because most of the football that um, that I've experienced and you know, I've worked with was all outside South Africa, in the North West Africa, like you said, with Togo, and and periodizing and, and planning uh, in this way, I think, I'll definitely take on a challenge like you're saying for a PSL club but preferably a PSL club that that is that will be in Africa and that wants to have that experience of playing around in Africa especially in the in
0: the CAF Champions League yes. mm. And maybe I'm just thinking now um, Pizza Masumane obviously was involved in a long campaign locally and in Africa after the winning the the CAF Champions League and again going for the PSL title and just finishing in second spot now. Um he often claims, you know, that his players um, are under more pressure because they play many more games than the ones that are not involved in sort of African campaigns. Can you just give us a little bit of insight, you know, how to ideally or better prepare a squad that plays in Africa, that plays like weekend, midweek, all those travels, you know, what's sort of your role in, in that regard? I think um, I think at the moment, uh, I
1: think Pizzo has done a fantastic job. Um, I think he's got a fantastic technical team in in coach Mangoba Mangiti, I've worked with coach. They've got a fantastic conditioning coach as well in in Cabello. Um, So I think they actually periodized it very, very well uh, in this African uh, Champions League and and into the seasons as well. Um, By saying that, I think squad rotation, in order to succeed like that, I think squad rotation is is mostly important and I think he's he's done that very well, Um, managing key players. allowing these players like Kama Biliad and Castro and all these top players to actually play a lot of game minutes. And that's where you have to give credit to, again, the conditioning coach and also Pizzo Masumani, who is actually
0: the head of the the, the technical team. Mm, um, great stuff. And then since we have someone with so much expertise in the studio, uh, maybe you could just give us a few insights from your point of view. Um, Ronaldo and Messi, they continuously playing over 50 games. Um, but they don't seem to be tired, you know, they can keep this high level up. How, how are they doing it?
1: Yeah, look, um, like you said, this is at a high level. Um, especially the, the most important factor there is, is actually the communication between the federation, which is the, the country, and, and, and the club coaches. Um, what we did with, uh, with Togo, for example, um, we had players like Adebayo and Alexis Ramau that we had with the national team. They were playing for big clubs like Tottenham Hotspur, at the time was Emmanuel uh, Adebayo, Alexis Ramal played for Olympic Marseille, and uh, Mathieu Dosevi played for Olympiacos. Um, so due to this, 80% of the players from Togo were all playing in Europe. So it was very, very important for us, we, we set up a, a structure where the communication between the coaches of the club and the, and, and the country, it's, it, was, it was all simultaneously. So, for example, if a player came in on a, a match day minus five, for example, so we as a metric, as a, as a conditioning coaches, we will know what the metrics are or the loads are for that specific day. And when the player leaves his, his, his country, we will get all the training records from the club. And that gives us a, a, a good time to actually condition the players within the camp. So it's all about balancing the, and the training sessions, and I think that that being done with Cristiano uh, Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, that's obviously at the high level. So I'm sure that process has also being done with the with
0: the clubs and with with the countries. Mm. And just to maybe get into it a little bit more, Ronaldo obviously is 32 now. Um, he has been more rested this season than ever before. Do you think Sidan um, and his coaching team are handling well, giving you know his advanced age, but he's still you know scoring week in week out? I think that's 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 fantastic. I mean,
1: uh, I think because of Zidane as a player. I mean, he basically goes in the same uh, mold as Cristiano, so the understanding there between, between coaches and, and player, I think that, that's fantastic. Um, both both uh, members played at the highest level, uh, both were World Footballers of the Year, so, and I think that understanding that Zidane has as a player, uh, relating with, with these top players, I think it makes it very, very simple and easy. Um, the training sessions, I believe, at Real Madrid is very well balanced under Zidane. Um, you know, very well coordinated. It's basically a replication of of how we used to play. So, rumors has it that you know everything is relaxed at, at, at Real Madrid um, because that's the way the, the manager is. He's very relaxed and and um, yeah, I think he knows how to manage um, these these top players. And
0: luckily enough, like we're saying, we're getting the best out of Ronaldo. Mm. And then speaking about the top level, obviously Manchester United and Jose Mourinho they in the Europa League final and sort of to reach the final Mourinho has played makeshifts 11 in the last Premier League games around the semi-finals and now the final um, because he's prioritizing the Europa League. Do you understand sort of his position to rotate the squad like this because he's received lots of criticism?
1: Yeah, look, I think as a a top coach, you'd always want to play with your best 11. You always want to play with your best team um, as much as possible because that gives you a good chance of of winning games. I think under coach Jose Mourinho, he was hit a little bit by injuries. Um, Hence, you had to force to rotate the squad. Um, Whether the squad is questionable to be big enough uh, with the amount of quality that they have, that is obviously questionable. But um, I think at the end of the day, that Mourinho was actually forced to to do this squad rotation and to do um, to manage the game minutes with, with certain players because of his huge injury crisis
0: that he had um, in the season. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, at some point there were like six, seven players out at the same time and these were regular starters like, you know, Zlatan Mikitarian um But moving on swiftly, in the Premier League in general, they don't have a winter break. Um, while players in other leagues like the Bundesliga, even Spain, can rest for a little while. Do you think it's part of the reasons why the English sides have been struggled in European competitions? Yes, I agree
1: 100%. I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, to, to manage a players to be fresh and fit is, is, is uh, the utmost key. And I think because um, most of these players, like you're saying, in the Premier League, um, they, they maybe play a lot of game minutes compared to... To La Liga or Bundesliga, for example, I think also the preseason preparations for the Premier League clubs and the other the the other clubs is completely it's completely different. Where because the the Premier League is marketed well, so you have to in preseason it's forced that you have to go do preseasons in the USA, for example, or, or go to the to the Middle East. So a lot of factors. Uh, needs to be considered now you're talking about fatigue you're talking about players coming in from big competitions like World Cups uh, european championships immediately into this type of preseason so I think I think on that point of view definitely the the, 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 the Premier League clubs will suffer uh, because of the the preseason type not me to say that it's it's the coaches I think it's I think it's more. Um, club policy, where, where where it's got a marketing strategy to it, you know, um, because Manchester United uh, these are big brands and and uh, you know we need to uphold that side of
0: of the game as well. Okay, Rito, and just two more questions before we let you go. Um sort of, what was your biggest success story in your coaching career? I think uh, from a from a fitness uh, coaching point of view,
1: um, I think a, a big success which I take uh, pride of is obviously the winning the the two promotions with Chippa United. Um, I think because of the the the, the club was basically non-existent. We started the club from, from Vodacom League and basically winning uh, two league titles with, within those two years. Um, I don't think that has been done, so that is something that, that we, really, we really take pride of. Um, and obviously uh, qualifications to the African Nations Cup with, with the Botswana national team in 2011 and also the Togolese national team um, getting an AFCON qualification there. So I think those are the two that that really stand out for me, um, and hopefully uh, we could add uh, the World Cup qualifier with Tunad and Tobago as well, uh, coming in the end of November. Uh, if we can get a World Cup, then I
0: think that would that would be definitely one of the top achievements for me. Mm, I mean, some some great success stories in there, and obviously you said you said trying to settle now with, in South Africa. What would sort of be your dream job I think at, at the moment I think uh, the, the dream job
1: would be for me if, if you get a European club uh, like for me Juventus is the team that I that I that I support well uh, Juventus uh, conditioning coach there um, or maybe even Real Madrid that will also be that will be top I think you might be the first South African to to actually be on the bench there so I think that's that would be something very, very special at the moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, we wish you all the best and thanks for coming in. All right. No no problem. Sir. Thanks. Sokala Duma Radio. Sokala, Sokala Duma Radio.